Ben Affleck is like, don't call me a pimp. He's a male prostitute. They have a different name. I don't know what it is, but they have a different name for that. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And today I finally watched Extract. Um, I saw this movie a while back when I was on my like kick of like indie films that were like just I think this was on Netflix when I watched it. It's now on Hulu. But um there was a bunch of these all of a sudden that like I felt like Netflix bought up. There's extract. There's one I wanted to, uh, you to watch, uh, Butter. Um, more, more cake ingredients. No, but there was, um, what's that one? Have you ever seen my brother or uh, what's it called? Jeff who lives at home? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I haven't watched it. Um, there's that one and a couple other ones. But um, I, I, this one this one stuck with me as a film that's fun, but kind of uh, kind of shallow. I felt like what what did you think? Well, I as I told you, pitched a big fit and you told me you're going to make me watch this. I was not excited at all. Yeah, you're a bitch. And... Thanks. Yeah, that's great. I um. But then I saw it was directed by uh, Mike Judge, who directed um, Office Space, which I love, King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead, you know, a bunch of good shit. And then I saw that Ben Affleck was in it. I was like, all right, well, Ben Affleck playing like a small character. And this was like right before the, uh, the Benessance happened and he like came back. So I was like, I know he's just going to be like kind of a crazy character just doing you know going all out so i was excited for that part and that delivered completely um and then as i was watching it i was like yeah this is just kind of a stupid movie that is like fairly predictable uh they're like trying to go for this one little like surprise at the end and then it gets to the end i was like oh no it wasn't they weren't doing that um we can talk about it an hour later, but I thought it was actually a, a quite a bit smarter the way it was written and the way the story unfolded. It didn't kind of go into these tropes that like all of these movies do where some guy's married and like wants to, you know, fool around and um, thinks his wife is potentially cheating on him. So I thought it was written a little bit smarter than that, but still like kind of played with the audience on what's actually happening. So uh, I was pleasant, ple- pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, and that's pretty much how I felt too. Um, and I, and I, I really like Jason Bateman in pretty much anything he does. Um, this was back before I, I you know, I, I totally forgot Kristen Wiig was in this movie because I don't even think I knew who she was when I watched this movie. Um, obviously, Mila Kunis and um, J.K. Simpson and Simmons. Simmons. Um, I think a really nice cameo is Gene Simmons. Yeah. Uh, he He's in here for like one scene and it's the funniest scene in the movie, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about it when it comes up. But the uh, all the office workers, like what really stuck with me in this in this 
in this uh, film was not so much the wife cheating storyline, but it was more like the um, the story of all these workers in this extract factory. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into it. So we kind of start off with like Jason Bateman, who is this. Wow, Jason Bateman playing a, a mild-mannered, blue-collared uh, husband is such a weird role for him. Uh, is it? No. I don't know. I think he fits perfectly. <laughs> but uh, also, like, stuck in a rut. Not exactly happy, but shouldn't be happy. Financial I mean, should, issues? Should be happy. Financial issues. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, kind of, but sort of not really like he seems like he has a great life, but he's not happy with it. I love the the running gag of having to get home by 8 p.m. or like the sweatpants go on. That that is the one where he comes home and she's asleep, but has her fingers still in the ties of the sweatpants, (laughs) like has me dying. Yeah. I um you didn't you did forget though that this movie starts with like the Mila Kunis stealing the guitar thing. Oh, and pawning it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because when you see like the 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 cover for this movie, it it's weird. Her character is like completely different than what I expected. You know, she's like not really in the movie that much. Mm-hmm. She's like talked about way more than she's actually in it. Oh um, my god. <laughs> the scene where the guy is like it's ringing busy because this is my number. <laughs> that seems weird. Yeah, yeah, that the payoff is is kind of funny, but it's also like a little bit out of left field. Um but yeah, like as I said, like it's compl- that her character is completely different than what I thought it was going to be. Um but they set up very quickly that your ex like before it was weird for what I thought it was going to be before I watched it, but that first scene sets up okay exactly who this character is and what you can expect. Um, and then she goes to pawn the guitar like immediately and then like starts looking for her next grift. Basically, yeah. Did you know this is the only fun fact I found about this movie that I want to say? Um, the pawn shop where she sells the guitar is the pawn shop from Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's quite interesting, actually. But this this pawn actually turned out a lot better for all the parties than that one. So. Except for the guy who uh, who got his guitar stolen, but yeah. It's a store. It's a write-off. Um, yeah, so he, I, I also... I like the uh, the David... Is it Ketchner or Keckner character as the like the annoying neighbor? But I'm also just like, each time you like see him more and more, you're like, okay, yeah, he fucking... He fucking annoys me too. Yeah, he plays that character really well. Um, actually, better than you would think that actor who doesn't really play that kind of character plays. Um, but yeah, I yeah. I I also wondered though this. So he like he gets he gets to his neighborhood. He's driving past this neighbor's house. The neighbor stops him at the end of the driveway. And then you think the conversation's done. His driveway is relatively long, right? Yeah. So he kind of guns it into the garage trying to make this 8 p.m. 
you know, clock to, to get in his wife's pants instead of her sweatpants. And then he turns around and David Keckner's there. And you're just like, all right, so did you run? <laughs> I'd like to think that he booked it himself. He, he has <laughs> a shortcut. He's, like not, he's not winded at all. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, so about that. Well, as we later find out for a guy on the verge of a heart attack, maybe maybe he shouldn't have booked it. Yeah. And what I do like next to when you meet Kristen Wiig, I think in a lot of these movies, she would be kind of like this shrewish character that everyone agrees like, okay, yeah, you're in a bad marriage. Right. But the movie is smart in that it sort of makes them like equally at fault with why they're not romantically, you know, why they're not having sex. And also she, it makes her seem like a pretty cool, chill wife too. Like she hates the neighbor just as much as him. Right. Um, God, I would love to meet the neighbor's wife. Like we hear about her, like somehow she's worse than, than him, but we never meet her. Like even when, spoiler alert, when he dies at the funeral, we still never meet her. Presumably in the wide shot, she was there, but yeah, I don't. Also, I'll tell you this. So skipping a little bit ahead, but the main plot of this movie is Jason Bateman wants to sleep with Mila Kunis when he meets her. And so he's talked into getting a gigolo for his wife so that once she sleeps around, he won't feel bad about cheating on her. Just your typical all-American plot. Mm -hmm. I thought that what that the gigolo, because he's an idiot, went to the wrong house i thought that's what the movie was getting at (laughs) instead he just ended up at the right house 45 minutes early correct and then 14 more times after that uh and i'll get into been 15 days (laughs) and i want to we'll go into more detail about why i thought this as we go through but at one point i was really hoping that the wrong house he went to was the neighbors (laughs) he was fucking (laughs) that guy's wife (laughs) No, no dice there. You know, how uh, how he gets talked into this is he has like a drunken night with Ben Affleck, who plays Dean in this movie. Right. And and Ben Affleck is very much like his character in all of like Jay and si- Silent Bob films. Um, he kind of like, if you know what I mean, he's he reprises that role um, very well. Um, but I love the the minute after he gives him the drugs he's like looking at this tiny white pill and he's like oh shit dude what what color was the pill i gave you jason bateman's like already out of it he's like what and he's like well could have been ritalin or special k don't worry about that though that's uh that's a horse tranquilizer (laughs) i love and then before that ben's like yeah you should take xanax i take it for head cold he's oh no there was like this he was like oh how do i get you know like how do i become sexually um attractive for my or like just in that mood or or get her in that mood and he's like cough syrup is good and jason bateman's like good for what he's like i don't know man it's just good (laughs) it wasn't just cough syrup it was codeine cough syrup Uh oh um and so also just like not that the facts matter too much in this but General Mills is going to buy out his extract company. And he's like, this will give me more time to maybe have sex with my wife. Right. Um, And then my least favorite character in this entire movie is Mary. She's just completely frustrating, which is obviously the point of her. 
Um, but she won't stop the line, which causes this chain reaction of TJ Miller falling and step played by Clifton Collins Jr. Uh, loses his testicles. Uh, one can be reattached. What, what did you think of that? Um, that whole kind of, first of all, I guess, what did you think about that scene? And what did you think about the dynamic between uh, the, the workers? Honestly, it's like my least favorite part. I know you said you liked TJ Miller in this. Um, I thought he was like not playing the best character that he's capable of. Like, despite what people may think about his personal life and what he's been accused of and whatever. Um, I think there's certain roles where he's pretty fucking amazing. Like, um, you know, she's out of your league. And then there's what is it? Silicon Valley, which I've seen a couple episodes Deadpool. of like there's stuff. Yeah. Deadpool is a perfect example. Like he, there is stuff that he's really good at And this. Honestly, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like the Chris Pratt character from parks and rec, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it was like a very subdued version of what TJ Miller can do. And so I was just like, oh, like it's kind of wasted. And then all the other, yeah, all the other people are kind of just like these caricatures and like, you know, I think they're more to drive plot and then they, they do, you know, have some jokes here and there, but I, it wasn't, it wasn't really for me. I was glad they didn't spend too much time in the factory. I would have been interested to see TJ Miller play the pool boy, the pool boy gigolo. That would have been funny. I think that would have been cool. I don't even know who that actor is. Um, unless it's so long, like he's so young and he's like, maybe, I, maybe if I saw him now, I would know, but, um, he plays dumb so well. I mean, I, I know the point of he plays dumb so much. You're supposed to be frustrated with him as a character. Like everyone is, but, um, I love, <laughs> not only is he like 45 minutes early to the thing, but the way he keeps asking, he's like, hey, man, if you if you know anyone, if you know anyone who's who also wants me to fuck their wives, like, just let me know. Because I'm, I'm doing landscaping right now and I just really hate landscaping, but I love banging. So, like, <laughs> if I could get into that, you know, um, that scene where he where he uh, Jason Bateman's on horse tranquilizers. Ben Affleck's character Dean and the pool boy Gigolo are all in that like storage room at the bar. And Ben Affleck is like, don't call me a pimp. He's a male prostitute. They have a different name. I don't know what it is, but they have a different name for that. It might be like a John. No, it's not John, but it's you know, something similar to that. And he's like, so uh, does, he's like, no, don't even worry about my 10%. The 200, the 20 bucks comes out of his 200. He's like, you know what? Make it 220. <laughs> he's like, so he slept with your wife for free. He's like, oh no, I'm not going to let him sleep with her for free. I'm going to pay him. He's like, okay. So then my 20% of each of these times. He's like, do I talk to you or do I talk to, and then he just gives him this look and he's like, ah, we'll talk about this later. Um, so yeah. So uh, yeah, exactly what you said. Uh, Step loses the testicle on the floor and at first, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's, it's a big deal to him. He gets like many uh, medivac lifted. Um, but he seems okay, as far as everything goes. And he's like, I'm not going to sue the company. He, he'll get a settlement. 
But then Mila Kunis steps into the picture, right? Right. Yeah. She she can't get his contact normally, so she has to become an intern. And then she like immediately starts buttering up Jason Bateman, right? Um, who's obviously eating it up. I like, and this is why this is one of the reasons I thought that this was going to end up being some sort of like, oh, Brad made a mistake and went to the wrong house because wow, your sixes and your eights look a lot. Do your sixes look like your eights or is it vice versa? Your eights looks like your sixes. And that's why I thought Brad was going to go to the wrong house because, you know, he wrote down the address for Brad of where to go. Um, And, but I like right after this too, uh, when Ben Affleck has like come by and he's like, dude, that girl is so hot. I'm not even normally into that. And, he, and he's like, why is she working here? And Jason Bateman's like, hot girls need jobs too. And Ben Affleck's like, do they? Do they though? <laughs> um, yeah. I I think this movie could have, I, I see what you mean by kind of being blindsided by where this movie is going. Because I think it could have gone in a lot of different direction. Like it could have probably utilized Ben Affleck more and maybe like made this like, um, he's pursuing Mila Kunis at the same time Jason Bateman is pursuing Mila Kunis. Like it could have gone that way. It could have gone, but for all the ways that it could have gone watching it again, it's kind of anticlimactic, like how everything kind of ties up. Did you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. The way that, you know, they set up this scene with the lawyer and then it's just sort of, I don't know. I want to talk about it when we get there, but it's just sort of, yeah. He like, he fixes everything very quickly. Um, so yeah, I, I do agree with that part. It almost makes me wonder if like, they were like, this movie has to be an hour and a half. And because if it was longer, I could see more like conflict happening in the film, but because everything wrapped up so nicely, so quickly, it was like, boom, right at the uh, 90 minute mark. Um, so, so, okay. So Mila Kunis, I love the scene where she looks through the newspaper and she goes, she goes back and forth from like where it reads a million dollar settlement to no testicles, no testicles, million dollars, million dollars, no testicles, um, which is like the perfect thing. She's like, oh my God, I can seduce him and not have to have sex with him. <laughs> right so yeah and so that's when she starts the job um mary accuses hector of stealing her purse which i just funny like the mary is consistently accusing like all the hispanic workers of being lazy and stealing and not doing their job as mila kunis is the one stealing everyone's shit um, not only that but mary is one of the laziest people on the shift like she talks with her friend. I don't know if she's lazy, but she she's always chatting and gossiping and she's not like she's nowhere near as productive as probably the people she's accusing of, which is great for like her a racist character like that. Right. Um, and then, yeah, this is right afterwards. Mila Kunis finds step and she introduces herself. And then we talked a little bit already about how Bateman can't stop thinking about Cindy. And so Ben Affleck comes up with the idea about the gigolo um and he's taking the xanax and or what he thinks is xanax but is probably a horse tranquilizer um and they go through the whole thing i love the scene when you first meet brad 
and he like they explain it to him and brad's just like okay but like you're not gonna like touch me right like while i'm with your wife he's like no no i'm not gonna be there he's like okay but like i don't you just you're not gonna he's like it's just like how 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 many times do we have to how can i explain so this to you, are you gonna want to touch my ass or <laughs> <laughs> i love i love to afterwards jason bateman's like he doesn't seem that bright <laughs> and brad pitts or uh, sorry ben affleck's like what do you expect he's a whore <laughs> <laughs> which is like it's such a great line and it's like it's so much easier to get away with because it's a like a male whore right <laughs> right right the next day when uh bateman wakes up and like he's just reminded of what he did the last night he's like oh fuck i have to stop this right now he calls up he calls up uh, uh ben affleck and he's like oh i don't have his number he's like how did you get it last night it's it's like oh otis had it it's like we'll get it from otis like, otis doesn't have a phone right now stole it from the bar <laughs> until he's like yeah his name's like mexican or something he's like that guy that blonde haired blue-eyed guy and he's like yeah, I know. It surprised me too. And then, like a second later, his secretary's like, "Is there some Brad Vasquez on the phone for?" He's like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> ben Affleck says, "Um, says uh, when when Jason Bateman's like that blonde haired blue eyed guy, and Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck goes, yeah, I thought it was weird, but I don't judge people. I'm not a <laughs> judger, <laughs> right?" Um. And this is at the point where I was like, okay, this is clearly the wrong house because Brad describes it to him. And I was like, well, this is kind of Bateman's vision of what happened. So, you know, that's why it's showing um, Kristen Wiig's character. Um, but I would turn out obviously to be very wrong. Uh, and then, you know, he goes home the next day and his neighbor's like, oh yeah, the pool guy was here again. And he calls Brad. And he's like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, don't worry. That one was a freebie. <laughs> he's like, no, it's not. I'm fucking paying you. Uh so there's there's like multiple there's like a l multiple storylines going because at the same time all this is happening right you have Mila Kunis who tracks down Step and like seduces him to I guess her plan is to push him to sue the company hire this lawyer get the settlement or uh, an amount beyond the settlement and then marry him steal his money I. I don't quite understand the long term of her of her situation. She was just going to steal the money. I don't think she was going to marry him. Mm. I mean, she stole his truck. So I like his half brother. It's like, well, if she didn't steal your truck, uh... <laughs> she didn't steal my truck. Like in the beginning, too, he's like, will you guys close the fucking screen door? <laughs> uh, so the after the second time brad sleeps with his wife he goes to he just like blows off his wife he's really pissed at her and i was like man he's getting really mad at her and it's like gonna all, all be set up to where oh he gets angry with her and then finds out that she actually didn't cheat on him um but he goes like i it, i feel like that was purposeful but anyway they he goes to the party with cindy sees cindy talking to other people and it's just like ah, i can't compete with that and leaves and i love he meets up with brett uh with ben and um with uh ben's friend who's just like a fucking seems like a crazy like biker dude but i love ben affleck's comment he's like 
I don't know to tell you, man. My man Brad just crushes ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, when uh, see, I didn't take it that way. I didn't take it that he ends up there and and he's like sees her talking to other guys and he doesn't feel competitively like. I I took it like. It, it... What's interesting about this is everyone in this movie has such low motivation, except probably Mila Kunis, who actually is the only one who follows through with anything. What I mean by that is like, obviously he's interested in Mila Kunis, but not enough to put up with the fucking horrible music of that band and just the overall crowd. He's like, he, I guess he thought he was going to be more of an office party and he gets there and it's just like, no one from the office is there except her. And he's just like, forget it. That's how I took it. Like, it's not even worth it. So after the party with TJ Miller that he left, he smokes weed with Ben and some dude. And, and the guy just like keeps fucking with him. And then he's like, finally, he's like, I know why you're getting a busy signal, as you said earlier. And he's like, I love Bateman's reaction. He's like, dude, come on, quit it. You're going to really freak me out here. <laughs> <laughs> I love when, when Mila Kunis walks through the door and Ben like is like, Oh man, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really proud of you tonight. Um, I'm gonna go because. Uh... <laughs> well, and before this, one of my favorite Ben Affleck's my favorite part of this movie, but the part where he's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna let him do it for free. I'm gonna pay him." And then he's like, "All right, well, should I come to you or should I contact Brad for my twenty bucks?" And then he sees Bateman's face. He's like, "You know, we'll we'll figure out those details later." Uh, there's some. <laughs> There's something in the conversation between him and the and the crazy pot smoking guy, because he 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 mentioned a couple of times he he gets paranoid, right? And it, he's like, um, like you said, he's trying to freak him out. <laughs> but the way he's like, yeah, you know, she's she's really attractive, she's hot, brown hair, kind of a working class look. <laughs> and the guy leans in, and he's like, what are you trying to say? It's like, she's, oh, she's dirty. He's like, oh, yeah, she's dirty. And and uh, and Affleck's like, you guys have the same taste in women. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that whole scene, gold, comedy gold. But that's how he gets his black eye. I think that's, and that shows up on the cover of the, um, the movie, too, is Jason Bateman with the black eye. So he gets punched out. He arrives home to his wife and his wife is concerned. And I love, I love this because I think Jason Bateman written as a character who is being cheated on by his wife, who knows his wife is cheating on him, but his wife doesn't know is played so well. And I think it, there's two scenes that really represent this the best when he comes home with the black eyed and she's worried about him, but he's like, people get in fights. Okay. People get in fights. People get black eyes all the black eyes all the time, um, and and dismisses her her concern. And the other one is when he goes, uh, he has a confrontation with Brad, which I think we'll we'll talk about soon. But he that goes inside like the house. Next. Yeah, but he he goes inside the house, and he's like, "How's the pool boy?" She's like, "Uh, fine." It's like, "Oh yeah, how's a how's the pool?" <laughs> you cut to the pool and it's just the dirtiest pool ever <laughs> he's like i'm looking at it right now it doesn't look a bit clean 
Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're going to fire him. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, like, which is why it was played at for like, she's not actually sleeping with him. Um, right before this, he does find out like Cindy is quitting the job and he's like, he puts it all together very quickly, which I think is part of the, you saying it, it getting tied up a little too nicely. Um, and so right after this, it cuts to Brad and Susie Kristen Wig talking. And I was like, holy shit, they were having sex. Like, and she, I love, she's like, we have to quit having sex and you have to start cleaning the pool. <laughs> Did you, because this was after the scene where um, Jason Bateman confronts him as he's driving away. Yes. Did you still think it was the, he, he calls her by name. He calls her Susie in that scene. You still thought he had the wrong gal. Yeah. That's why I thought it wasn't a very well-written movie. I, I did think that's why I was hoping like the, the neighbor's wife was named Susie. Cause I couldn't remember what her name was. I don't even know if they say it, if he says it, that's what I was really thinking it was going to be. I'm not saying I thought it would make a ton of sense. I'm just saying that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> that's really funny because I guess watching it, I already knew that it was her. Um, so I, it's, it's interesting that someone who hasn't seen this has that perspective on it. And then, and then it shows up. It's actually her. It's a great moment for you. I do love at the very end of that scene where she's like breaking up with him. He's like, this doesn't mean we can't see each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right after this, he meets with Gene Simmons, Steph's lawyers. <laughs> I love when before he walks in, Gene Simmons is just like, we really fucking need this case. All of you made fun of me for these benches, but who's laughing now? <laughs> then he's just like, oh, <laughs> I know, I know what you get. <laughs> this is something that like did not age very well. The jury can't empathize with the he, she, like if he had lost both his testicles, but the fact that he still has one. It, okay. So here, Let's talk about this real quick. Um, are, is the representation of a writer's thoughts on like a character we're not really supposed to like, or I guess like a bit of an antagonist towards our main character? You said it doesn't age very well, and I agree with you, but is that okay for a character we're already not supposed to like? Like if Jason Bateman says this, then it's more of a representation of like, the good morality of the writer's thought it's like okay that's not right but since it's not a character that we're even supposed to like is it okay if he says non-pc things well one in 2009 i don't think this is something that people thought was as bad so there's that but then two i think the fact that it is a bad character saying something one obviously you're going for the laugh but two, it's like part of it is a little bit of a shield. And we've talked about this like a ton of times now, but part of it is a little bit of a shield to where you'd be like, well, it's a bad character saying it. So of course he would say something completely off color like this. Um, so there's that, but I, yeah, I just, I, I can see it. It, it really just depends on, I guess, how well the movie is done. Whether I think you accept, yeah. you accept the idea of like, this was done just to make fun of, of a certain group of people, or was this just done to show you like, this isn't a great person and this is the circumstance of the movie. But I, I really, in this particular instance, just think it's 2009 and those jokes weren't seen as being as horrible as they would be today. I think you can get away with 
even this joke in the context that it's not like um it's not like step purposely became maimed <laughs> right it's not like he he is purposely seeking out this this way of life because it was an accident because he's you know like one of those sleazy lawyers it's kind of funny when he, when he's like yeah he's not some sort of like this accident didn't make him like a um a, com- a complete uh someone you can't like see yourself in um and then just the way he says it to i guess th- those are his associates his from the same law firm i don't get who those people were really. yeah they're other attorneys at the law firm that worked for him okay he needed all three including himself to show up at the settlement meeting uh, it's a big case and apparently he's not a great lawyer and apparently jason bateman didn't bring his lawyer uh, he's not taking this very seriously so uh he's got a lot of shit going on his wife has slept with brad 15 times at this point <laughs> so uh, and J.K. Simmons be, seems to be the only one that's taking this seriously. And he he shows him, and he's like, the number on page 18 is like what we're looking for. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? This would completely bankrupt us. We'd have to sell everything. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll lower it right now if you go slam your balls in that door. And he just keeps fucking saying, it. like just showing how horrible of an attorney he is. And Jason Bateman's like, well, you squeeze your fucking balls in that door. And he's like, oh, sir, was that? a threat he's like you know i'm fucking out of here <laughs> so at the same time all this is going on for for whatever reason it's happening up in the main room of the factory with all the blinds open but all the factory workers at the at the first level can see everything that's happening but they can't hear it right so they think that <laughs> that gene simmons is is the executive from general mills and he's they're like look at them negotiating for the company and gene simmons just keeps slamming the door and pointing at his balls and he's He's like like, yep those are those are regular tactics right there (laughs) and then somehow i was when when tj miller this is this is uh probably the funniest part that tj miller is in is where he's trying to describe like a walkout strike but he does it in such a roundabout way. And the one other guy is like, we should do a walkout. And she just like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. And I'm like, it took them like a full eight minutes to get to that point. You know who that uh, guy is? The guy with like the ponytail? No, who? That's Mike Judge, the director. Oh. Yeah. So huh. there you go. And, um, you said you only had one fun fact for this movie. It's just the name of it's the guy who's playing the character. So, um, I, yeah, but I like when they, they, they're, they're getting all like gung ho about this, like riling themselves up. And then Jason Bate, Bateman walks down and they're just like, oh, well, we had some, some thoughts and, um, you know, we just, uh, well, he wants to tell you about them. And, and then finally, like, yeah, we just think that, uh, maybe we should get a piece of the company that you're selling. He's like, oh, you know, that's great. You know, you can fucking run everything and then you can all take a piece of the lawsuit that's happening upstairs. And they're just like, <laughs> he walks away and then TJ Miller's like, so did, did that go well? Or <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone was like, he's like on the verge of like grabbing torches and pitchforks. And then when he says it's a lawsuit they're they just all disperse. They just all go back to work. Like, fuck shit. Oh my God. You know? Um, so this is okay. So 
I want to back up just a little bit and so I can jump ahead, right? Where he finds out that Mila Kunis is like a grifting con artist, you said kind of wraps up the story nicely. It does and it doesn't. I think it does plot-wise, but it makes Jason Bateman's life even that much harder because not only is his wife cheating on him, but the whole reason he set this up is to be able to guilt-free cheat on his wife with Mila Kunis. And the fact that he is now wise of her con artist con makes makes her like completely unattractive, I guess, to him. Not unattractive. I mean, it's Mila Kunis, yeah, but... Definitely not unattractive in the end. But he... he uh, he kind of gives up trying to sleep with her and is trying to do more of like the right thing. So yeah, it wraps up the plot nicely, but I think it sucks for him even more. Um, And then somehow just by coincidence, um, he confronts his wife about paying off Brad to sleep with her. Well, no, that's not exactly how it happens. He like comes home and she's like, yeah, I cheated on. He's like, yeah, I know. I paid Brad. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And like he realizes immediately like that he kind of fucked up in telling her this so easily. But at the same time, he's also like, yo, I didn't I didn't do anything wrong here. Like you still cheated on me. And then she like gets really mad at him. She's like, I'm going to leave. And he's like, no, fuck it. I'm leaving. And like he leaves first. But before. Yeah. yeah. But before he leaves, the neighbor again comes to the door and then fifty five dollars. Oh, my God. God. I'm not saying he deserved to die, but that um, I ain't mad about it. That that confrontation where Kristen Wiig just blows up at him is so well deserved. Like it's everything we as the audience want to say to him. And it finally all comes out. Um, but the whole buildup to like, I'm inviting you to this thing. It's $40 ahead. If you could just pay in, in a check, and it's like, oh, by the way, it's not $40. This year, it's a tad bit more expensive. It's $55. So that'll be $110. He's like, I'll come back for that later. And they're just so preoccupied in their lives. It just says, <laughs> ah, I think that part is probably just the funniest thing overall. And the rest of the movie is kind of blasé. I'm glad I kind of revisited it again, because I think it, it didn't amount to what I remembered it in my head. It kind of gave me a more of a reality check about like, okay, this movie is fine, you know? Right. Um, so as you talked about next, he, he runs into Cindy at the hotel. She lets him into his room and then he sees the purse and he's like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, if, if I'm going to take it, if you, you know, if you want, you can call the cops. He's like, you know what? I'm going to call the cops. And she like starts freaking out. And, uh, She's like, well, hold on. I'll get Steph to drop the lawsuit. He's like, well, how do I know? She's like, well, just hold on to the, you know, hold on to the purse and then you can call the cops. And at this point I was like, well, if he, if he just takes the purse and then later on calls the cops, it's like, what proof besides his word do they have? But I'm, you know, why is she freaking out? Cause she could just try and lie her way out of this. But, but you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, well, she's done a lot of these fucking cons. So if the police start investigating her, she probably could get picked up for a lot of the other shit she has done. And she might actually truly be on probation. But at that point I was like, dude, don't, don't trust her to be like, you know, you know, for later on. 
Um, but I did, this scene also went differently than I expected, right? Cause he trusts her and then she starts crying. He's like, are you really upset? Cause you're really going to make me feel bad. And then she just immediately like basically starts making out with him and, and, and like sleeps with him. Yeah. And I like that when he woke up, he's like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Cause you think, Oh, she screwed him again. But then she like, it kind of shows that I guess she did have maybe some feelings for him. I don't know. Or maybe she was like, this guy can screw me. So I'm going to be nice to him so I can not go to jail. You know, I don't really know what her motivation was, but I, it was a nice, it was a nice twist in the movie to me. She, she completely disappears from the, from the plot at that point. And um, I think maybe it's just maybe to show that she did have a genuine change of heart. Uh, Jason Bateman can really bring that out in people um, as we've seen in other movies he's been in. But um, when he threatens to call the cops and she's like, Oh no, don't like I'm on probation and and it's just going to get me in jail for a long time. And he's like, I'm just sick of your manipulation tactics. They're not going to work on me anymore. And then she goes into like make out with him and then ends up sleeping with him. I presume that's where the, that's where it went. Um, I love how that's just like a blatant manipulation tactic. And he just fell for that one, you know, as we all would. Um, but I love it when he comes back home to his wife. And, and I think that whole confrontation happens um, about he did sleep with her, but he like forgave her for sleeping with Brad, kind of. But well, that's uh, at the funeral. Oh, is it at the funeral? Okay. Well, the part that I like about that conversation, I'm just saying this now since it's brought up, is he says something like, No, it wasn't at the funeral. He, he said something in the house and he was like, at the heat of the moment, he's like, yes, I paid for him because I wanted to sleep with a girl. She's like, you wanted to sleep with someone? He's like, yeah, but she's a grifter con artist. And just the look on Kristen Wiig's face is like, weird choice. Right. Well, and then at the end, I think at the it was at the funeral. She he, She's like, well, what happened to that woman you want to sleep with? She's like, he was like, ah, she was a grifter. It wasn't that great. That's right. Um, That's right. But yeah, before that, you know, it gets kind of wrapped nicely up with Step coming back and like, man, I don't want the factory to go under because I want, I still want to work here. And he's like, well, you know, if you just take the settlement and then I'll, he's like, okay, but you have to make me floor manager. And obviously he's going to make the floor manager. And this whole yeah. thing has made Jason Bateman realize he wants to still own the factory. He's not going to sell the General Mills. I do like the line when he brings the purse back to Mary and he's like, Yes, Hector didn't steal it. It was Cindy. And she's like, look at that. Blaming Cindy to protect Hector. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I think J.K. Simmons is kind of um, underwhelming, but the few moments he does have is pretty great. It's, it's, uh, he doesn't want to learn anyone's names because he thinks they're all idiots, which they are, to be fair, but he doesn't want to learn any of their names because. He's like, oh, once we sell to General Mills, I'll just be sitting on the cash flow. It's like, it doesn't even matter. And then he tells him he's not selling the company. And he's like, guess you're going to have to learn their names. And he just gives this like, it's like relentless um, smile. This just like says it all. But uh, yeah. my favorite part of the movie to kind of wrap this up is Brad comes up to Jason Bateman and this is before the funeral and before the neighbor gets killed at, you know, whatever, but he asks him for a job and he's like, 
Jason Bateman's like tells him to go fuck himself basically. But then he's like, all right, come fill out an application. And then Ben Affleck walks up and he goes, there he goes, Johnny Horsecock. <laughs> Just like one last little like, yeah, that, that dude that plowed your wife <laughs> way bigger um, than you. It's, uh, um, so we, we talked about the neighbor falling over dead because of a heart attack, m- mainly because of an argument. Well, Kristen Wiig blew up at him and gave him the stress needed for a heart attack, I guess. Um, but at the funeral, when uh, him and her are talking, and he's like, "I gave I gave Brad the job." She's like, "Yeah, I know, I know. You paid him two hundred bucks to sleep with me." He's like, "No, no, no. I'm giving him a job at the factory." She's like, "What? He's an idiot." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I know, but I felt bad for him." She's like, "Yeah, I did too." And you're like thinking like, well, fifteen times, <laughs> but. Um, but overall, this like this was a pretty good movie. That Jason Bateman did like a lot of these kind of like small movies. And when when I watched this one, I was like, one I really want to watch is Bad Words, which I think he actually like also directed. Huh, like I haven't older, heard of it. It's like an, he's an older guy that like well, he's his age and he enters like middle school spelling bees. Um, but this movie was a, a pretty good surprise. Like I think it's very well written and. Some of the plot is a little contrived, but in other ways, the plot's like a lot better than, you know, this movie like kind of has business being. So um, I thought it was good. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. This is David. And I finally watched Extract.